Good morning. Welcome to the Southwest Church of Christ Adult Bible Class Podcast. This is Mike Lewis. I am the Worship and Young Adult Minister here at Southwest Church of Christ, and I'm glad you've joined us this morning. This is the D6 curriculum that follows what our children's ministry is sharing with our families, and I hope that you can follow along and be in Scripture together with your family. What does it mean for something to be distinct or unique? I tend to think of the old adage that no two snowflakes are identical. Every single drop of water freezes in a different pattern in the atmosphere. But what else is distinct? How about a fingerprint? Even identical twins have unique fingerprints. This is why I cannot open someone else's phone using my fingers, my fingerprints. What about, you, what about our thoughts? Do we not all hold unique views in this world, even if we might hold a majority of a similar view? My thoughts are not going to be the same as your thoughts. And certainly my thoughts are not the same as God's thoughts. God is holy in his very nature, so his thoughts will be holy, whereas mine may have sinful desires behind them. Holiness typifies the transcendent, unapproachable attributes of God. In order to understand His holiness, we must first understand how this term is used in Scripture. And there are two main ideas conveyed, separateness and perfection. There are two words that we can find in the Hebrew text for the term holy. The first one occurs the most. The word is kodesh. Specifically, it refers to the idea that Things are set apart and distinct. The Holy of Holies, for instance, where the Ark of the Covenant dwelled in Exodus chapter 26, is Kodesh. The priestly garments in Exodus 28 are Kodesh. The Sabbath is Kodesh. It is also used by God himself to refer to his holy name. This concept is carried into the New Testament when referring to the Holy Spirit, the person of Jesus, and how Jesus refers to his Father. God is unique among all that exists. All of Scripture declares this fact. Let's look at the story of Exodus, the exodus of the Hebrews from Egypt. This story demonstrates God's distinction and holiness. Well, our text today in Exodus 15 is a song of Moses and the people of Israel that they sang to God. Let's read this together, beginning in verse 11. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard. They tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them because of the grace Because of the greatness of your arm, they are still as stone. Till your people, O Lord, pass by, till the people pass by whom you have purchased, you will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, 
the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. God's victory in this situation was overwhelming and complete. Here, the most powerful men in the world at the time, Pharaoh, he was the leader of the most dominant kingdom and the strongest army. Yet all of Pharaoh's power accounted for nothing against God. His army was washed away in a single moment. God's power was demonstrated, and the reaction of Moses and the Israelites was strong and confident. God is without equal. You know, I think of the bridge of the hymn that we sing, What a Beautiful Name, where it says, You have no rival, you have no equal, now and forever, God, you reign. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. God had essentially done the impossible, and his distinction was evident in Egypt, and and word would spread around the world. The second word used for holy is kadosh. You heard correctly, kadosh. It shares the same origin of the previous word kodesh, but it is more specific. It refers to things that are morally separate, unstained and pure. God is uniquely pure. No others are holy like him. There is none besides him. Let's read 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. This is another song, song of Hannah. This is her prayer. And in verse 2 and 3, she says, There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. God defines what pure actually is. God is the only one who truly knows and determines what is right. He weighs all actions. Since he is distinct in all creation, God is the standard. Today we hear phrases like, love is love. The truth of the matter is, no, God is love. And when we use this word kadosh, the kadosh of God, the holiness of God to define love, it raises the distinction and purity of God and of things like love to what it truly is. Love is not defined by itself or by my feelings, but instead love is defined by God's holiness. This is counter and distinct from the world's definition. And so it goes with all the fruit of the Spirit, joy and peace and patience, kindness and goodness, etc. These are not arbitrary concepts. God doesn't look at a list of possible behaviors and decide which one he's going to approve or di to disapprove. Goodness and rightness are defined by the very nature of God, 
and our natural outflows of Him simply being consistent with His nature. In his book, The Quest for Truth, Leroy Fourlines notes, God's holy will is an expression of God's holy nature. God's perfection will not allow his righteousness to be watered down or mingled with anything else. Fourlines continues in his book, Righteousness and justice flow from God's holiness. When we speak of God as righteous, we mean that he is right in all that he does. Righteousness is an overall term that refers to all of God's dealings as being right. Justice is an aspect of righteousness. God is righteous in his judicial proceedings in handing out punishments and rewards. Remunerative justice is the justice of God that guarantees that obedience will receive its appropriate reward. Retributive justice is the justice of God that guarantees that disobedience will receive its appropriate punishment. Justice is the guardian of God's holiness. Recognizing the truth of God's distinctiveness and righteousness means nothing if we fail to respond appropriately to those truths. Our response must be consistent with the character of God himself. If we are to be his disciples, we must be distinct and holy as he is distinct and holy. His people should reflect his uniqueness. The conduct commended by God causes those who obey to stand out in the world. The standards of his people are fixed, unlike those of the world that change regularly due to a popular opinion or the acceptance of a sinful lifestyle. Our loyalty to him should be a testament to his distinction as the one true God. Worship and obedience are the only sensible responses to a holy God like ours. It would be foolish to reject God as the supreme being in existence and the standard for all that is right to conform to the pattern of this world. True wisdom comes from conforming ourselves to the holiness of God. Let's read Proverbs chapter 9, verses 8, and 8 through 12. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The more we know him, the more we know what is good and right, and the more enriched our lives will become. So let me challenge you, church, this morning. What does it mean for us to be holy as God is holy? What does that look like? We know from 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, that we're sinners. Let's read that together. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. These verses show us that we're not able to be completely sinless in this life. So let me ask you, why should we strive to be without sin anyway? This is my challenge for us all this morning.
that we strive to be like God, strive to be in His holiness, strive to follow His commands. Let us desire to be holy as God is holy. The Southwest Church of Christ welcomes everyone to join us on Sundays at 8.30 and 11 a.m. We're also meeting together again for Bible class at 10 a.m. And everything that we do is streamed online. We meet at 9725 Southwest Durham Road in Tigard, Oregon. For more information about the Southwest Church of Christ, check us out at SWEST, that's SWEST.org.